You're just about to turn in for the night when you hear a knocking at the station door. You open it to find two intoxicated men. One tells you that his 36-year-old friend isn't feeling right, and you notice that he's got his hand on his chest. He tells you that his heart feels like it's racing. You and your partner call in a still alarm, and you notice atrial fibrillation on the monitor with a ventricular rate bouncing between 110 and 150 beats per minute. The man denies any prior history. You're listening to 911 Cast, the no nonsense EMS podcast. This episode is brought to you by Madison Programs, a Brooklyn based medical training and consulting company with over 20 years of experience, specializing in emergency medical, continuing education, and AHA certification classes like CPR and first aid for community members and professionals. For more information, email madisonprograms at aol.com. I'm Scott Topiel, and this week, it's all about atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation, or AFib, is the most common cardiac dysrhythmia, affecting over 2 million Americans. Risk factors for developing AFib include things like hypertension, diabetes, COPD, cardiovascular disease, and obesity. The most obvious sign of atrial fibrillation is the presence of an irregular heartbeat, often described as irregularly irregular, without any pattern or predictability. This happens when the atria of the heart quiver instead of contracting normally. The result is disorganized electrical activity that bombards the atrioventricular node. All of this chaos means that only random signals get through to the ventricles, hence the unpredictably irregular characteristic of AFib. On the EKG, atrial fibrillation is characterized by a fluctuating heart rate with no discernible pattern. Since the atria quiver rather than contract in an organized way, you won't see P waves. But be careful not to rely solely on the computer's interpretation of the rhythm to identify AFib, because computer errors are rather common. Pacing can also interfere with computer interpretation, so it's best to develop confidence in your own manual interpretation skills. Lots of people with AFib don't even know they have it, since most of them are asymptomatic. When symptoms do arise, they tend to be things like palpitations, tachycardia, fatigue or weakness, dizziness or lightheadedness, decreased exercise tolerance, shortness of breath, or an irregular pulse. When the ventricular rate gets fast, over 110 per minute, we call this atrial fibrillation with rapid ventricular response, or RVR. Sometimes the rate is so high that you might wonder if you're really looking at SVT. A good rule of thumb is to watch the rate on your cardiac monitor for a moment. If it bounces around a lot, it's likely AFib because of the irregularity. On the other hand, if the rate is constant within a couple of beats per minute, then it's probably sinus tach or possibly SVT. Regular versus irregular is the key. AFib with RVR is a common finding among some critically ill patients and is associated with worse outcomes. Since rapid AFib increases the heart's own oxygen demand while reducing the amount of time the ventricles have to fill with blood, these patients can experience unexpected hemodynamic collapse. Most protocols advise against aggressive pre-hospital treatment of AFib in patients that are otherwise stable. But if you start to see signs of poor perfusion, such as hypotension or altered mental status, it might be time to take action. If the patient's ventricular rate is normal or only slightly elevated, say just over 100, 
then their symptoms are more likely related to another underlying cause, and you should consider treating that. For example, they might be septic and in need of a careful fluid bolus, or they might have a pulmonary embolism. Careful history taking is an important part of every assessment that can reveal potential underlying causes. So when and how should you treat rapid AFib in the field? The specifics of treatment will largely depend on the EMS system and protocols. You'll generally have to choose between controlling the rate with medication or converting the rhythm with electricity using synchronized cardioversion. Hey, put down those pads. Before you go and decide on a dose of electrical therapy, you need to know the risks. Cardioverting a patient with atrial fibrillation can put them at risk for having a stroke. You see, the left atria has a little ear-shaped sac called the left atrial appendage. During normal heart function, blood is squeezed out of it with each contraction. But during atrial fibrillation, blood can collect in the appendage and stagnate, forming clots. For this reason, most patients with a known history of atrial fibrillation will be placed on some kind of blood thinner. Before you reach for that shock button, take a moment to find out the patient's anticoagulation status. If they aren't on a blood thinner, the risk of throwing a clot and causing a stroke when you suddenly convert them to a normal rhythm can skyrocket. This is why many protocols require online medical direction before you cardiovert a patient with AFib, and also why it's important to differentiate between AFib and SVT. And while this episode isn't about trauma, finding out that your trauma patient has a history of AFib should make you consider that they might be on a blood thinner and are at a higher risk of internal bleeding. Many protocols advise that you provide close monitoring and transport for otherwise stable patients with atrial fibrillation, even if it's rapid. Others may have you administer a calcium channel blocker such as diltiazem in an attempt to slow down the heart rate. Another alternative in some places is to address the underlying rhythm using an antiarrhythmic such as amiodarone. One interesting cause of new-onset atrial fibrillation is a phenomenon known as holiday heart syndrome. This occurs when excessive alcohol consumption combined with stress or dehydration triggers AFib. It's usually seen in younger people and is thought to account for up to 10% of new AFib cases in the U.S. each year. The good news is that it's reversible and tends to resolve without any long-term health effects, at least none related directly to atrial fibrillation. The health effects of excessive alcohol consumption, on the other hand, are an entirely different podcast episode. Now back to our case. Despite the appearance of new-onset atrial fibrillation, your inebriated patient's vital signs are mostly within normal limits. His blood pressure is 110 over 73. His heart rate is irregular, now between 90 and 108 after you had him sit down, and his oxygen saturation is 96% on room air. You keep him on a cardiac monitor and start an IV with a bolus of normal saline during transport. After receiving almost the entire liter, his heart rate remains irregular, but is now between 80 and 100. He remains in the hospital while he sobers up and receives additional fluids and medications and converts back to normal sinus rhythm. He's discharged with a diagnosis of new-onset atrial fibrillation related to binging on alcohol and becoming dehydrated, a case of holiday heart syndrome. Atrial fibrillation is the most common cardiac dysrhythmia, with most people experiencing no symptoms. But those living with AFib are five to seven times more likely to experience a stroke than the general population. For this reason, most patients will be placed on a blood thinner to prevent the risk of clot formation. In some cases, AFib can be triggered by underlying stressors such as infection, dehydration, drugs, or alcohol. Monitor stable-appearing patients closely, especially when their heart rate is fast. 
Be cautious with cardioverting rapid AFib, since doing so can cause the patient to throw a clot and have a stroke. And always consider treatable underlying causes. That's it for this episode of 911Cast. We'd like to thank our founding sponsor, OneKit, makers of high-quality first aid kits. Check out their products at buyonekit.com. That's B-U-Y-O-N-E, kit.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening.